0: From Studio C one thirty six. This is one hour
1: school Live.
2: Welcome, welcome. This is uh, Mr. Mertz. Welcome to episode five of season two. Special episode this week. I'm talking to uh, Coach Carter again. Makes a, he makes another appearance this week. So. Be looking for that interview coming up next. Um, I don't want to take too much time today because we have a long, pretty long episode. Um, we weren't, we didn't have an episode last week, so there's a lot to talk about, and a lot of the students are really excited to talk about on um, the Astros and other sports. But um, there is a there is a buzz in the hallways about the Astros being in the World Series, so um, look for that coming up in the uh, student segments. I would like to take just a few minutes to talk about um, what I've been talking about the last few weeks, and that's uh, the University of Oklahoma's football team. Uh, two weeks ago, they played TCU, won that game. Fairly easily, I'd say, the uh, defense didn't play very well, um, but the offense played pretty well in that game. Um, I believe the score was, let's see, 40, 52 to 31, so a pretty pretty decent win um defense did get torched a little bit especially in a secondary that is banged up uh last week uh Kansas all right let's talk about it the Kansas game down 10 to nothing at halftime to Kansas to Kansas not Kansas state the Kansas came back when they come back and win the game though 35-23 once again the defense does not look very good especially in the back end um the D line didn't really get much of a push linebackers can't cover anybody in a zone coverage and uh, the quarterback for Kansas looked like an all-star basically and kind of just threw the ball wherever he wanted to throw it. With that said, um, I think the, I think the defense is a little banged up. Um, I don't understand why um, if the, if the linebackers can't cover people in a zone or in man, man coverage and on a passing play, I don't understand why we're not just blitzing the linebackers. Um, especially if the D-line is, is having a hard time generate, pre- generating pressure, which they are from time to time, which makes no sense at all because this is supposed to be one of the best D-lines in the country. But here we are. Um, secondary really banged up. I think we're going to get some players back this week, though, against Texas Tech. Um, I, I think the Sooners come out and play pretty well on Saturday at 2.30 and uh, have a pretty comfortable win. I would say it's probably something like that TCU game where uh, the final score is 52-31. So I'm, I'm thinking that the Sooners probably score somewhere in the 40s and Tech scores somewhere in the in the 20s. Um, I'd like to see some improvement on the defense, though, no matter what the final score is. As long as OU wins, of course. Um, the Kansas game, though, I think there's been some overreactions to it, where um, people are saying, you know, Kansas almost beat OU, or OU almost lost to Kansas, and I, I guess that's true. Uh, they were down seventeen to seven there waiting in the third quarter, but it it reminded me of that scene in the Fast and the Furious. That first that first movie of Fast and the Furious, the only one that's like worth watching, in my opinion. Um, where uh paul walker's character and uh vin diesel's character race the first time and they race for like pink slips and he's uh paul walker puts up his uh i think it was that green car the first episode, that, that first race and uh he's winning the race and he kind of looks over at a uh, toretto uh vin diesel's character and he thinks he's going to win the race and then um Toretto, like, hits that button and pulls out the little – the NOS button and hits the NOS and then just blows away and hand beats him. And then after the race, like, Paul Walker is, like, smiling at Vin Diesel and says, like, dude, I almost had you. And Vin Diesel's character says, you almost had me? You weren't you weren't even close to almost having, having me, you know? I feel like that's kind of where OU was this week, where they just messed around and sleptwalked through two and a half, three quarters of that game and then decided – okay, let's just wake up and play now. And that's what they did. So I'm not going to overreact to to the game. I mean, it wasn't fun to watch for three quarters, but I just always were always sitting there waiting on like, okay, like we're going to wake up. We're going to like hit the NOS button and blow past these guys. And that's exactly what happened. So I'm not going to overreact to that. I know a lot of people want to, but we... It tends to happen if you look back at the last few games. Uh, don't look at the scores, but if you were to go back and rewatch the games, the last few times we played at Kansas and it's been eleven a.m., we've slept, walked, slept, walked through those games, um, and been down. I think we were down when Baker went up there, the infamous like no handshake game. I think we were down seven nothing in that game and kind of. Weren't playing well, and it took like a scramble play and a little like dump off pass to Rodney Anderson that he kind of jumped over a guy to get into the end zone for for the offense to wake up in that game. Um, so it's it's something that I feel like we tend to do. When we play Kansas and Norman, it tends to be different. But when we go up to Kansas and play at 11 a.m., I feel like we're always like half asleep. So not going to sweat that um, going into this weekend. So coming up for OU, they play Texas Tech on this Saturday at 2.30 should be win. Uh, they're eight and O. So that should get them to nine and O. This is the first time that an OU team has been eight and O since 2004, which is, which is crazy because this team has, has lots of issues, but somehow they keep winning. Right. Um, then after that, there's a bye week and then we're going to really find out about this OU team. I think, you know, everybody's been saying this for weeks now, but this is really where we're going to find out about this OU team in two weeks, uh, where they go to Baylor home against Iowa State, and then at Oklahoma State. And that's the last three games of the year. Those are last three ranked teams. And all this debate about whether Oklahoma should be a top four team in the playoff or not, that's going to be answered too. If they win those three games, they're going to be a top four team. Um, I think they could win those three games and even lose the Big 12 championship game, which would probably be a rematch against Baylor, Iowa State, or Oklahoma State anyways. It's going to be a rematch of one of those three teams. Um, they could probably still lose the Big 12 Championship game and get into the playoff. Now, if you're an OU fan, you don't want that to happen because you do not want to be number four and have to play Georgia. (laughs) OU's done that before, right? And we get blown out. So we want to be in that two or three spot and hopefully play a game maybe closer to home. I don't know where the spots are, where the sites are this year for the semifinals, but somewhere closer to home where they're not having to play basically a road game. Anyways, so we'll see what's coming up with that. Okay, next segment is uh, me, just me this time, talking to uh, Coach Carter. He kind of swung by uh, yesterday afternoon, and we just sat around and sat around and talked about uh, the end of the football season, um, upcoming basketball season, and then we just kind of reminisced a little bit about uh, our years at Pin Oak and some of the athletes that we've came across through uh, through my time coaching cross country and track, and his time coaching football and basketball. Um, it was a good conversation, so uh, hit, this is me talking to uh, Coach Carter. So y'all have, like, what, one more game left, I guess?
3: Uh, actually, 8th uh, grade's last game was um, Tuesday. Tuesday, okay. Yeah, uh, so 7th grade has one more um, Monday against uh, Persian Middle School. Persian.
2: Um, did... What was what was the eighth grade's overall record? Um,
3: we were um, three and two. Um, this last game was, was against eighth grade Pershing. Um it was kind of a, actually a big game because um of course um Persian principals was talking to our principals, like I always do. Um <laughs> but this one kinda held was kinda big because if we would have beat Pershing it would have been like, like a three way tie for first. So, no, uh, uh pershing and uh pershing Myrland. us and um um Marland, Myr- uh. yes
2: so what is like so we lost the Marland and pershing is that what you yes. think okay so what went wrong in those games um we don't have to like you know call somebody out specifically,
3: yeah, um, but just, like, oh, overall, it, like. actually with the Marland game that was kind of like i, I our first game against real competition um, we had a couple like I said we had, we had a scrimmage before that and that actual real game but those teams um, really was what we needed before to play a team like, like Maryland. so they came they came and really hit us hard and we wasn't ready or we didn't know how that felt at that time um, and with the Persian game, we had a great game plan. It was actually a defensive struggle. Um, I mean, defensive game, um, the score was uh, 16 to 11, actually. Wow. Um, uh, like I said, back and forth, we made stops on defense. Um, both offenses really couldn't get going. Um, and then, you know, we made a, a nice little rally in the fourth quarter to actually uh, put us up by five, and they were defense holding strong. Uh, never forget, it, it was third, third, and third and six. Um, they trying to out the clock, so we were gonna need to be there. are gonna run, so we kind of packed in the, the interior box. Um, did a hard count, and you no, know, we jumped, got five yards, third and one, and their quarterback's been gashing us. The whole game, quarterback sneak, no more timeouts left, ran the clock out. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's that yeah. one. That was a tough one. Yeah, just because of the I mean the build up from the week before, two weeks before that. Just, just knowing yeah. we had, we still had a chance with that loss with Marlon early in the year. So sure. yeah. yeah.
2: So over the last like few years, and when we lose a game, like what's like the The biggest issue that, like, you know, one school might be better at something than what we're better at, or they just have, have, have what, have, like, you know, speed or physicality that we just don't have. And what, what, what do you think is, like, going forward, what, what do you think the team could, could work on? Or maybe it's not something they could work on. What, what is something that the teams that are beating us have that we don't?
3: Um, uh, Honestly a lot is actual like players that actually know, know the game very well. Um I'm not saying we don't have players who don't know the game, but you know, it seems like we're always like that, that one or two one or two players just sure that we just the X factor we kinda need. Um a lot of the schools we played, they they had an X factor. Um lately, I've noticed we've known we both and Coke have noticed like we either have either or. We have speed, I know line. We have line, no speed. We have a quarterback, no receivers. Receivers, no quarterback. And um, honestly, this year, this year we were pretty, pretty balanced. You know, we talked about it earlier. It just, it just hurt. I think it kind of hurt us that the last football season, those seven graders didn't get to play sure. any games. So I think, I think we, if they had actual year of actual football, I think this year it would have turned out really well for us.
2: Yeah. Um. I know from coaching track a few years in the past that. You know, we we would think we would get handoffs completely right on relays and stuff, but this other teams are just faster than we are and uh, you know, there's nothing to hang your head about on that. They're just faster than you, you. but uh. It's good to know. It's good to hear that. um, Some of the problems I guess we've had as a team are. Are, are, are things like just things
3: that we could work on and fix and not, okay. you know. Yeah, I mean, like I, mean, I you said, you make them faster. Yeah, we, we can't, bigger. we can't, we can't, we can't do that. And I can honestly say as coaches, we do a really good job of developing our kids to yeah. compete against some of those teams, um, you know, Pershing, they average at least 30 or 40 kids I'm just on their eighth grade alone. Sure. And, you know, you got a whole bunch of athletes to choose from. Um, but I mean, uh, I told the boys after this last game how, how proud of, how proud I am I, I, I am of them. Um, just with the growth from August to now is is crazy. Um, and um, I, I know it was a loss, but I think by far that was by far their best game of the year, and showed tremendous heart and battled all four quarters. It was it was really it was really amazing to be a part of.
2: What? Do you have like a favorite play that sticks out to you this year that was successful?
3: Um, yes, actually I do. It was um the opening kick against Lanier. The
4: one that um, ran back?
3: yeah, that's when uh, we. Uh, I told Reese Sasser, I said, "Hey, if you catch this ball, you're scoring. Like, no doubt about it." And lo and behold, he caught it on the scene and he took off
2: right up the middle, or was it on the side?
3: Uh, you no, know, kind of to the side. Okay out to the side, but what we knew with this—he's such a talented kid. Yeah. And if he get any space, it can be explosive. And I—I yeah, I told him, we, me and Coach Griffin both said, if he catches this ball on the run, it's—it's it's a route. And okay. call it, took it to the house, opened the play.
2: Was it a kick in the air? Or was it
3: bouncing? Yeah, no, it, it was. Okay. He, called, he kicked. Kid kicked it. may call it maybe wrong. That's 80, twenty. Wow. About twenty yard line. Call it. In, in stride, and it was gorgeous to watch. Where
2: are they kicking off from?
3: Um, they're they're kicking off from the. I want to say
2: forty-five.
3: Okay, that sounds about right. Yeah, 45, forty-five. Okay, I can not say? He kicked it from the twenty-five to the twenty. No, 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 no. Like, no. oh, I can yeah. say the kid from Pershing. Yeah. Their kicker probably could have done it. Like, yeah. He, he he had a leg. Like it was crazy to watch just him 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 warming up. Like, he was really good. Awesome.
2: I know Coach Grantham used to <laughs> scout the soccer field to find kick. You know, hey, that, right?
3: you got to do what you got to do. We've had a lot of the soccer studs who yeah. come out and do well for us. Uh, a couple, a lot. Um, it was yeah. good to see this year we actually keep the field goal. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. See, like, I guess this person, we were on, it was, I want to say it was about like a, a 32-yarder. That's nice. Yeah, yeah it was – and. He had just enough left to go maybe back, maybe a couple more yards to, to make it. Uh, it was good. Like it, it, That was the first time since I've been coaching that we actually made a field goal, or oh, quote me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. like I remember, that's the first time we actually kicked the field goal and we actually made it. But you know, they changed the rules so much in football from yeah. middle school the last couple of years. Can't rest the punt, can't rest the field goal, so it's kind of like a I practice field goal. But you but, can't try
5: to block the field goal? Oh, really? You can only
3: sit there with your hands up and scream, "Yay, hey!" You Not, even on Not even an extra point. Not oh. even extra point. Wow Yeah, it's, it's. I don't know. Sometimes, okay. sometimes the rules don't make sense, but you gotta do what you gotta do. Are the extra points still
2: worth two points? Yes.
3: Okay. Well, so, last that's two years, years they they were just regular one point, oh. uh, but now, uh, um, they went back to uh, extra point extra being two points. That's why we go look for those kickers because you need every every extra point we can get.
2: Who was that soccer kid a couple years ago that was the kicker? with Michael
3: don't Michael Dunn? Yes.
2: Adon- yeah,
3: I, I remember. Michael that. Michael Adon- Yes. Uh, last time I checked, he was at Lamar. Uh, I think he played the sophomore, freshman, sophomore year possibly. Did okay. stop playing?
2: He's a pretty good athlete. I remember him being fast. On uh, um, the extremely team. fast. Yes.
3: It. Yes.
2: Awesome. What do you got on? When possible?
3: I mean, you got trials today. You already yeah. got trials started yesterday. Yeah, we started trials yesterday. Uh, like I was talking to Colin before we got on. Uh, it was almost eighty kids trying out for seventh and eighth grade combined. Um, I think I had a total of uh, thirty-six, and he had uh, um, I won't say thirty-four, thirty, or 30, something like that. It was it was. I mean. It's always like that. It, it, it's, it's usually a big turnout for uh, basketball. Basketball has actually really been kind of a big thing here for the last couple of years. Um, so we made our first cuts uh, yesterday. We're doing our second round of trials today, and we'll have our last round tomorrow.
2: Do you feel like the game's changed ever since you started coaching? When did you start, like
3: 2011, 2012? Uh... I started. I was assistant from twenty eleven till twenty twelve. Uh, the 2013-2014 year season. That was my first season as the head coach. Um, oh yeah, uh, yeah, I've, yeah. Game has yeah, yeah. definitely changed. Um,
2: from the faculty student basketball games that I play in, like I feel it's like everybody can shoot now. Like yeah. in the past where I was like, alright you going to shoot a three? Alright, shoot it, but then they make it nowadays. And Stephen
3: Curry changed the <laughs> right? game. Like I, I, I respect him so much, but he, he really, he really changed the game. So you'll have to be these LeBron type huge leapers anymore. If You can catch yeah. and shoot and have any type of dribbling skills like yeah. you can okay. make it. That's- and-
2: it's awesome. I like that, but as like a player who was kind of like more of a trash player in high school and not much of a shooter, but kind of makes me sad that. My style of players kind of fading out, but I I think
5: they'll come back.
3: Oh, (laughs) I mean it's it's a a cycle. It's it's gonna basically get back to the super athletic freaks that can just jump out the gym. Um, But I mean, I I like it because actually it gives us a playing field because. Going back. Paying Persian, those basketball team, those kids were huge. I'm like, and they are jump freak, freak athletes. So, yeah. you know, here we, we don't get the, get those athletes all the time. So, I had to come up with the solutions. Hey, what what can we do to cap to compete? And you know, and like we have just been grateful with the talent that's been coming in. We have we've been a lot of shooters. Um, my best shooting class was. Uh, they're juniors they're juniors this year, so about three years ago um, by far the best class of shooters' I've, I've had talked about to them, even my beard could shoot um and um, some of them majority of them are still playing, which I'm super excited for, um, but a couple of them kind of chose different paths, which is usually high, what happens in uh, high school, but yeah, that's by far my best class. this class this year um. We have some shooters, um, not as as talented as that group, but you know, seventh grade they look really well in seventh grade. They play well together. Uh, they they enjoy the game, and so um, I'm kind of excited about this year coming up. Just you know, for what I've saw in seventh grade.
2: Do they most? Do they uh, middle schools mostly play zone defense or man defense?
3: Um, it, it depends on your personnel. Um, I'm I'm a zone guy uh but i mean if i had the talent the the dog i call him the dogs to actually run a man successfully while i run it but for the most part it's a zone but you know like i said steph curry really changed the game and af- a- after a couple of three-pointers they <laughs> it, it, ne- it never fails we play us you get hot quick call that timeout and they change the man so then we have to adjust to stuff and I, I I want my my players to always just don't rely on the jump shot or the shots be able to dribble and go to the hole stuff like that so you know you can't shoot yeah. so
2: um you like to press off of like a made basket or oh yeah that? oh yeah
3: yeah
2: uh cookies a uh, one two two or one two uh one,
3: it's at, yes it's a yes don't one one, two, one, two. Yeah, one, two, one, two. Um, call it cookies. Uh I ran that forever. I, I learned that from my first year here, um I coach Swift, Coach Swift's uh ran that that uh that is uh press and um also Coach Wells ran it too when she was there because I was under her. Um it, it works very, very well. Especially if you have those kids who are aggressive. It, it it really it really it, it hits you quick. As soon as the ball's in, you know, trap it. It, attack. Then um, also yeah. like to run a basically a half court trap too as well. So those are my my two go to presses.
2: You know, it's like when you run a press, like it's not about necessarily getting still It's a, it's making the other team screw oh, up. Oh yeah, it, 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 and that's what happens. Yeah, that's all it is. They throw it's it like, out of bounds, They throw it off the foot. You know, or they throw it right to you. Panic when you trap them. It's
3: exactly. All you, and I'm very. If we ever go to a game, I'm very vocal. Yeah. If I'm vocal, you have to be just as loud as I am. Um, I, I've, I've I've learned that over the years. Like like you said, you can just get in their face and say something that, that automatically startles them. Right. So I'm very I'm very big on talking or just saying something. You can just make up words. Just say something. Just get into their head.
2: Yeah. Um. I think of that team that was uh I don't know, it was probably seven or eight years ago, it was Michael Wiley and
3: uh that Yep, Jackson? that uh Michael Wiley, uh DJ um Jarvis Johnson, okay. um Xavier Xavion hey, Xavion, what is okay. that Xavion, oh yeah. Uh it's,
2: big red hair guy.
3: Who's uh, uh Kelso, Jackson yeah, Kelso, Jackson Kelso? Kelso. Yeah. yeah. The funny thing about him. So he went to Episcopal, he ended up playing volleyball. He was I really thought good. I heard, right. And yeah. He was really good at volleyball. Yeah. And then I'm not to if you remember Josh Wolf. Uh, he only he came his eighth sure. year yeah. He actually, he's a pitcher for the, he's, he's with the Brave organization right now. Wow.
2: Yeah. I know Mike Wiley is uh, uh, running back
3: at everything. Arizona. Arizona. Um, Jarvis is at uh, a D two school. Can't think of the name right now. Xavion uh, is uh, at D two school. Both of them are playing football. Um, DJ is actually at a uh, PV right now on basketball scholarship. Mm-hmm. Got some good players come through here. Oh yeah, we, we had a lot of talent come through here, especially like I said, especially in basketball. I said so basketball has kind of been like so far like the the sport boys that I've been a part of. So. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, uh, thanks for stopping by today. Oh, no
3: problem. Again, I told you, this, this is fun.
1: Hello and welcome to episode five, I believe, of MLB On The Line. And folks, it has been a couple of weeks since our last episode and a lot has happened. We now have our World Series matchups and we are going into game three tomorrow night. Um, Astros and Braves, as most of you probably already know, Braves and Astros winning in six games to come to the World Series. The series is tied one to one. What do y'all thought on the series so far?
6: Uh, yeah. I thought it's I think it's gonna be a really back and forth series because of the pitching staff for both teams. Uh, if the pitchers, no matter what, any pitcher on those teams can either perform or do great no matter how good they are. Like let's say Max Fried, Max Fried was their ace. And Max Fried gave up five runs. They still kept him in because they were too afraid to take him out because of the other pitchers. And when they did, it did not succeed. Uh, Smiley for the Braves first pitch he threw of the game. He gave up a home, a single run home run to El Tuve. I think the Braves pitching staff is not as good as the Astros, but I think they're going to go back and forth. This seem to be a really good world series.
1: Yeah, definitely. After that injury of Morton, now they're both down with their ace as McCullers was injured earlier in the postseason. I really feel like it's going to be come down to who's showing up, who has a good enough pitcher right now, and who's hitting. What are y'all's thoughts, Connor?
0: Jose's pitching was really good last game.
1: Yeah, Arkady did throw a gem. I mean, no, no one was really expecting anything out of them. Connor, how do you feel about their performance?
7: I think they were doing really good. That,
1: that first, first game, they just got. It they Valdez just got shell-shocked I mean there were so many runs against him in that first inning I honestly thought they would get into double digits but they pulled him and it was 6-2 and then the Astros came back and destroyed him 7-2 so I think the series is going to go back and forth whoever comes out victorious is just who comes up and plays hard yeah
6: the thing the thing I think the Astros have a better chance because when the Astros start hitting, they don't really stop them, no matter the pitcher. We've seen this many times before with them coming back. Like today, they were down because of that Travis Dernard home run. Came back. They were hitting like it was like BP. It, they were they were hitting the ball, hitting home runs. Everybody on Astros can hit. Like Maldonado got his first hit. He's like four for 25, barely hitting. Very good uh, fielding utility player, but I think the whole Astros lineup can hit and is a very good source of Runs.
1: yeah they were they just came alive yesterday especially after like no one really because siri hadn't really gotten that many hits in the postseason but then when he ran that out that just shows you like he's a big guy i didn't expect him to go that fast but that goes to show how well and how hyped they are for this um series
6: yeah Siri's a center fielder he needs that utility to run mm-hmm. siri started the year off in triple a in in a world series who would have thought that
1: Yeah, those have been a – that's been a really good set of games, but I really hope that either one of the teams can make the games closer because it's either been – it's been kind of tight the first three innings or so and then one team just rockets. If they both played at the uh, pace they played in the last six innings of game one and two, then I feel like it would be a way more exciting series. Connor, Isaac, what are y'all's thoughts on that?
8: Connor, Isaac.
0: Um, yeah, the Astros hitting is like every player on their team can hit. Really, there's no question.
1: Yeah, Maldonado's is really the only weak spot there, and I think he's coming out of that slump he's been in. So let's see if they can work him in to the lineup. Connor, what about you?
7: The Atros sorry I said that wrong. I think the Atros <laughs> I, I I think the Astros Wait, what can you repeat the question? What were your thoughts what were your thoughts on that series? I think it was a it's gonna be a
9: really good series.
1: Okay, moving on. Now that the um, bridge got a taste of the American League. The Astros are going back to Atlanta, which, because you can't have a DH, they're going to have to put Jordan Alvarez in the field. I mean, if you bench your ALCS MVP, there's no doubt uh, it's not going to turn out well. So I really think they need, a, they need to bring in their top three hitters, so Brantley, Tucker, and Alvarez in the outfield. And then maybe in the last three innings, if they need to sharpen up their defense to get the clinch, I think maybe put in um, Siri, but if they're doing well enough, I really think just keep th- those three in the entire outfield. Yeah. yeah. Um,
6: uh, I respond to that, yeah. I think that they're going to have to bring out some players and bring in some players. Alvarez is going to have to adjust with the pitching-hitting rule. I think that they're going to have to uh, like put in players. They're going to have to be really, really wise on who they put in and mm-hmm. who they take out. Because that can be the game factor of the game, the game-changing factor. Next year, there's rumors that the National League may convert to DH, a universal DH rule. There will be no more uh, pitching, hitting. Uh, That may happen. I would be actually kind of glad with that happening. I do not like the pitcher hitting rule.
1: To that point, last year, remember how Duvall was one of their best hitters in the DNCs. Well, the Braves didn't sign him in 21. And he went to the Marlins for the first half because they thought he wasn't a good enough fielder to be an everyday guy. And they said they were going to sign him if they did the DH rule in both leagues, but the National League didn't do that. So they let go of Duvall. And then in the next four series, I think, against Atlanta, Duvall hit something like four home runs, hitting over 500 against that team. And then they finally re-signed him, which was a great decision. As you can see, game one, he pummeled the ball. That home run, I think, went almost 450 feet off the Conoco Phillips sign. He has been very hot this postseason, and I don't think Brian Snicker uh, regrets signing him again. How do y'all feel about uh, Duvall's performance?
10: Yeah,
6: I think it's great for Duval to do good. He's kind of an older guy. I think that when he gets the barrel on the ball, it goes a long way. More of like a guy that either gets out or hits a home run or really hard ball. Duval is mainly a type of guy you'd want in a situation of, like, like a walk-off. Like, he'll give up. He'll hit home runs if you need him to.
1: And then, Jocktober and um, Eddie Rosario have been mashing the ball lately. But the Astros have kind of put a stomp on their hitting. I mean, I think I saw one or two hits in, uh, from Rosario, and I haven't seen a single hit from Peterson. So, yeah, they, whatever they're doing is working. Well, yeah. you, how do you all feel, Connor and Isaac? Connor, why don't you go first? Okay. Do you th- how do you feel that the Astros are like pitching around those two to get to make sure they don't like make sure they don't propel the Braves to a win? Because you know there were those thoughts that they were just going to destroy the Astros if those two kept hitting, but really they've put a stomp on it. I think it's the high and away pitch that's getting Peterson. And then Rosario, they're not giving him a fastball. Because if you give that guy a fastball, it's going to be a home run, base hit. It's not going to go your way, that's for sure. How do you all feel about their performances so far?
6: Yeah, I think the Pearls are being stopped, man. Jock Peterson with the Pearls. Eddie Rosario. I think those two guys are the biggest villains on the Braves against the Astros. Those two guys will hit the most home runs. Eddie Rosario, not a big guy. He had a better hitting average and building average than Jordan Alvarez in the NLCS compared to the ALCS.
1: Yeah, but remember Josh Peterson, how he was using Anthony Rizzo's bat? Huh? What happened? In all of the postseason, he was actually using his former teammate, Anthony Rizzo's bat, yeah, he was hitting, and he was hitting extremely well. Yeah. After game one, he switched the bat. It might have broken, or I think he just wasn't feeling it in the World Series.
6: Yeah, Altuve, well, you'll yeah. see one day, Altuve swinging a Victus, other day swinging a Marucci. Uh, Atove is a very variant guy. I think that it's kind of funny, like how some players are like super duper superstitious. Like, Jock Peterson wears pearls. Like what?
1: Yeah. Moving away from the series because I think we've covered it all right now. Or let's do predictions real quick. Um, Harris, who do you think is going to win, and how many games?
6: Uh, I think the Astros are going to win in Game Seven. Uh, the Braves are going to. I prediction that the Braves are going to win two games in Atlanta. The Astros are going to win three. They're going to win one game in Atlanta and then two in the Minute Maid.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be the Astros in five, six, or seven, depending on how they do on the road. Because when they played the Dodgers, they hit extremely well on the road. That's where they beat them. They only won one game in Houston. I mean, when you think about how they, like, propelled themselves, you really have to think that, do they hit better on the road or – is that just something that happened? Because last time uh, they played in the World Series against the Nationals, no one won a single home game. Yeah, um, yeah, I
6: was about to say that <laughs> it was like, whenever they're at the Nationals, they win, and then whenever the Nationals are at the Astros, they win. Yeah. it's kind of funny how that happened. Uh, I'm I'm starting to see a pattern where like a lot of World Series are won at the visitors game, uh, visitors field, yeah. like the Astros in 2017, uh, 2019, 2018. 2016, uh, yeah, that uh-huh. happened. Move it on. let uh, um, Connor,
1: yeah, Connor. What's your
11: prediction? How many games and which
1: team? Astros. Oh, seven. Astros yeah, Astros and seven. That's a pretty good prediction. I mean, both teams have been hammering, but I feel like if the Astros keep pitching to Peterson and Rosario the way they have been, they're going to come out on top, no doubt. Isaac, what about you?
0: Yeah, but just
8: looking at their past games, Astros do much better on the road, just as it is. Who do you think, what's your prediction? I think the Astros are going to win game
0: seven.
1: So that's three Astros and seven, and all four people are predicting, but that might just be because we're from Houston. Um, Let's move along to... Really quickly, I just want to go over how Shohei Ohtani won the special player award for being the – well, basically being like Babe Ruth. I mean, that's – he's the first two-way player to earn that reward for being a two-way – he's the first two-way all-star as well. I just thought we should talk about that a little bit.
12: Um,
6: I think that's all, right? Yeah. Yep, that's pretty much all. Uh, Otani one of a kind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it for MLB on the line with Connor McShorley, Isaac Alton, and John Butros. Signing off, here's man.
1: Uh, have a nice day, guys, and keep watching baseball.
13: Hello, welcome back, everyone to NFL Best of the Week with me, Matthew, Noah, Flawhead, and Cole. We're going to be going over three of the best games from NFL Week 7, starting with Miami versus Atlanta. This game was a 30-28 to victory by the Atlanta Falcons, ending in a, a 30-yard kick from Youngwei Koo. ku It was a nice game, Tua Lola. He passed for four touchdowns and almost 300 yards, but he also threw two picks. So it was a pretty good performance by him. Mike Gesicki, tight end, had 85 yards and a touchdown. He had a really good game. He's been playing really well recently. He's been their number one receiver. And uh, Kyle Pitts for the Falcons. He's been playing really well. 163 yards. He's leading through seven weeks. He has the most yards by a tight end. A rookie tight end ever through seven weeks so he's doing pretty well
5: and so this was again a really close game 30 to 28 and so the the dolphins almost came back to when they had the lead but it was a last second field goal that caused them to lose the game and so it was kind of they were i believe behind by 14 Tua did kind of lead a comeback but Unfortunately, they weren't able to stop it. Uh, in about Kyle Pitts, how he's a tight end, I really don't see him as a tight end. He doesn't block. He doesn't do much as a tight end. He still do. He's really good. I just see him more as a receiver than a tight end, like like they list him.
12: This was a this was a game that focused on the all the all the teams that the teams with the teams that were bad, like the the two teams. That had a bad a bad standing, and uh, they were they were, they played against each other. So this, if Dolphins had won this game, they might have they might have had a chance to go to the playoffs. No, um,
11: and the running game for both teams could have been better. Um, Cordell Patterson got most of the rushes for Atlanta. He had fourteen of the twenty eight carries total. Um, rushing game for Miami was. Okay, Miles Gaskin led it for them Yet get another de- decent game. And on the receiving side, um, yeah, like,
8: uh, everybody did really well on the receiving side. Um, I'm out of ideas to say. So.
13: Okay, so I think with that, we can move on to our next game which is... Uh, it's
5: the Lions and the Rams.
13: Oh, yeah, the Lions and the Rams. This was a 28-19 to 19 victory from the Rams. Uh, the Lions did put up a fight, more a better fight than expected. They had three awesome trick plays. The first one was an onside kick after they scored. Second one was... A fake punt with a throw from the punter, that was really good. And the, the third one was a fake punt where they handed it and they ran it. They were all successful, so got to give props to the Lions special teams. That's like like the first trick plays this whole year, so that was pretty awesome. And the Rams, Cooper Cup, he's been playing amazing this year. He's leading the league in touch, or he's leading receivers in touchdowns. He had ten catches, 150 yards, and two touchdowns. He's just amazing. He's like probably the best receiver in the league right now.
5: And so the game, it was, it came down late. The it came down to two late interceptions thrown by Jared Goff that made the Lions lose the game. You know, I've heard lots of people say, and like you, Matthew, been talking about how. The Lions are probably the best 0 7 team out there because they've had a lot of opportunities to win. The Lions are a good team, just they keep, they just they can't win. I, there's no real way to say it. They they are a good team, but can't win. Rushing game, the rushing wasn't that good this game for either side. Uh, nobody had over 60 yards in total and. Again, how he was. We t- uh, Matthew was talking about how Cooper Cup is having a historic season. He had 156 yards and two touchdowns, helped the Rams really win the game. And yeah,
12: yeah. And it was a it was a like a really close game. the the uh, the QB the QB both of the QBs had really good, really good uh, passing yards. And one uh, Jared Goff had two interceptions. Uh, and two, 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 interceptions, two interceptions, and, uh,
8: yeah.
11: Um, Matt Stafford actually hit a milestone that day. He had his 300th TD pass to Cooper Cup. Um, he had an extremely good game with over 300 passing yards and three TDs, two of which went to Cooper Cup. Sorry, I said that for the third time, guys. I just have to enunciate it. Um, Robert Woods, I think that's his name. He had a really, he had a pretty good game. 70 yards on six receptions. No TDs though. Those obviously went to Cooper Cup. Um, on the receiving, on Detroit's receiving side, they did pretty good. Two people had basically 100 yards, and yeah, pretty much.
13: So, uh, next week, the Rams are taking on the Texans. would be an easy win for them. And the Lions are playing the Eagles. Probably going to get their first win there. So, yeah, with that, we'll move on to the next game.
5: So, the next game is the – this is the first, actually, blowout game that we have gone over. It's the the Buccaneers versus the Bears. Uh, The final score was 38-3. to The Buccaneers won. And the main reason we're talking about this game is because Tom Brady hit his 600-career touchdown. Uh, uh, Yeah, and this game was just a blowout. The Bears didn't know how to play. Justin Fields just had a pathetic, just a pathetic, pathetic game. And I think he was, after the game, he was shown on the, or during the game or after the game, he was shown on the sideline. He was crying. Uh, he only threw for 184 yards, and he threw three interceptions. It's just a a team like that. You no wonder they lost 38 to three.
12: Mike Evans had uh, three touchdowns. Uh, he the wide receivers were good this game, and uh, Chris Godwin he had a he had a good game on uh, a good game, and that is yeah a good game.
11: And so, if you can't understand how bad Justin Gilchrist got, he had three fumbles, which is ridiculous. I think Tampa Bay linemen were just killing the offensive line in Chicago. They just didn't really know how to play that game. Um, there was a yeah. – uh, and the Chicago receiving side, not much to see there. Everybody did, did pretty good, mainly because of Justin just Fields. And pretty much the um, stats overall on Chicago, you don't see much. Like, they only had one field goal, and it was a 28-yarder. I, I can't even imagine how they felt. They almost had a touchdown a 28-yard field goal. That you're pretty close to the end zone, so it must have been pretty sad for them.
13: Yeah, and an, an impressive the only impressive player on Chicago was Khalil Herbert, who rushed for 100 yards against the uh, Buccaneers, who are the best run defense in the league, no question. He was a six-round pick, but he got his opportunity. He's showing he's worth it. Something else to mention is that Tom Brady almost had five touchdowns. Chris Godwin almost had two. He hit him over the middle on what would have been a 35-yard touchdown but he got tackled on the one and ended up hitting the field goal. Just a great play from Tampa Bay. The defense is dominant, and uh, Justin Fields has been playing horribly. So I think now we can end our segment. Thank you guys for listening, and see you next week.
14: Welcome to NFL Top News with your host, Rustin Goldstein. Today, we'll talk about many events going on in NFL and many other trades, trade rumors, and other things like that with Gorty and Ibrahim. Starting off, we're gonna start off with Deshaun Watson. Um, Deshaun, he's in like a, a really weird position. Is his legal case, he hasn't been guilty or not guilty so far. A lot of people are looking for his guilty. That's why no one is... That's why Texans are not playing him in the first place. And that's why people are saying it's a really bad deal for Miami to even try to even go for it. And with the stuff that the Texans are offering, if Miami takes what the Texans want, like I think it's like a couple first-round picks, a couple second-round picks, that's a really, really bad deal. Yeah, it's a franchise QB, but it's like a... It's not guaranteed... Ah, guaranteed franchise pick, like, not franchise, franchise QB. Uh, I don't think the Dolphins should make this or even think about it. They're in a good place where they have a young QB. Sure, he's not the best, but you don't want this guy who's uh who's been um, accused of, like, assault to be the face of your franchise. You just don't want to do that. It's not good for money or it's not good for even the team. In general, next off, we're gonna talk about the Steelers. The Steelers have always been in that team, like, I was always there. They always, like, finished eight and like seven or something like that. And he's always better off. He's like, he needs to retire. He's too old, too slow, and he just has no pocket awareness. Even if he sees the guy coming at him, he can't really do anything. He just stares at him because he's too slow to run away. And when he does, he's like, bom, bom. it's like, bong, bong. It's like, I don't know, a giant walking around, and I just gets tackled. That's why he's getting, like, sacked almost every game, like, five, six times. Um, And it's, yeah, sure, it's kind of the O-line's fault sometimes, but, like, they can only hold him for, like, five, four seconds, and then that should be enough time to at least, like, throw a ball or at least get out of the pit pocket. Um, the Next topic we'll be talking about is... Jaguars, oh Jaguars, man, they're a bad team. Everything about them is bad. Probably I mean, the coaching, offense, except for Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is I. He um, got drafted to a bad team to start like his career, but like, he's doing actually pretty okay. Like individually, he's doing pretty okay on a very bad team. The wider he has no actual threat, no wide receiver threats. Their defense is. Pretty bad, to be honest. Everything about them is bad. O line worst. Everyone wants to get hit up every game. It is bad. Now, last thing I'll be talking about is Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, man. I don't know what's going on with him, but I think he has 11 interceptions so far this year. He had like 10 last year, like the whole year, and right now he has 11. Um. Yeah, some of these are his fault. Yeah, but if you look back at it. It's always in the guy's hands. It's always in the wide receiver's hand. It just gets out of his hands and it goes into the defender. Um, but Patrick Mahomes is not the same as he was like yet last year. Um, he isn't performing as well, but he still is Patrick Mahomes. He's throwing crazy like things. Are they gonna like go to the playoffs? Maybe they probably will, but they won't get that far in my opinion. They're not the same Chiefs they were last year. Their defense is pretty bad they made the gm was crazy for signing them to such huge deals i think like Patrick almost 10 years 500 million that is insane anyway that is all for me we will be going to leave here modi
15: all right so um what i'll be talking about is uh how bill O'Brien pretty much screwed over the texans um so uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure about this stat, but I'm I'm pretty confident that DeAndre Hopkins did not drop a single pass that entire season. And Bill O'Brien still thought that this is going to be a good idea just because him and DeAndre Hopkins didn't get along together. So he just traded him to the Arizona Cardinals, and everything started going down there from there. He had already traded uh, – I think his name was Javion Brownie or something like that. Traded him to – I don't really know a team, but I know that he traded him, and that was a terrible idea because he's a really good uh, asset to our defensive line, and he's a pretty good DN. JJ um, Watt also went away. Like so, like our entire defense has fallen apart. Our entire offense, like everything, just fell apart because of Bill O'Brien, and then Bill O'Brien gets fired, which is what should have happened way earlier. And I just don't think that he was a good. Uh, he was a good. Uh, uh, the other thing I've been talking about is. Uh, like Devontae Adams apparently got COVID and might be out for that Thursday night game against the Cardinals. I think that that's really bad uh, for the Green Bay Packers, especially since Devontae Adams is a main uh, wide receiver that Aaron Rodgers tends to coach every single time. And uh, I just don't think it's like, I think it's really going to be bad, especially against the Cardinals where they're going to need him because of Kyle Murray, TJ Watt, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, all those star players are going to be on that one team and all that. Um, Apparently, Sean Pat Payton uh, recently acquired running back Mark Ingram absolutely has a chance to play against the Pats. So I mean he's a pretty good uh, running back and all that, and hopefully the Saints uh, do good with him and all that. But you never know. Um, so Nick Chubb apparently supposed to be coming back uh, to the game against the, to, to the game against the Steelers and. Uh, I think that he'll definitely help out the team since he is definitely a star player. And then he, and he plays running back, so that's where the ball goes most of the plays. And Nick Chubb is really good, so I think he should definitely uh, help the team out a lot, especially with uh, all the other players that got hurt and all that. Um, the Cowboys, they have uh, – I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but Lael Collins spending time at guard for Cowboys after a turn from suspension. He got suspended, and he was actually pretty good last season. Um Yep, we he helped the Cowboys out, but like Cowboys aren't good last year. Either way, he's still a good player, and uh, I don't know the exact reason he got suspended. I think it because of uh, I don't even know, but uh, there's uh, just pretty bad. And hopefully he gets better, and hopefully the Cowboys can improve. Um, the Cowboys' Ezekiel Ellis like actually starting to become a lot better than he was first, than he was last season actually, which is a lot better than uh, uh, yeah than how he did last season. And uh, I think that'll be all for me.
8: Abraham.
10: Uh, hello. Uh, today I'll be talking about how the Browns QB has uh, a major shoulder injury and is out for this uh, majority of the season. Baker Mayfield has made 51 consecutive starts for the Browns. That streak will come to an end Thursday night. The Cleveland quarterback will not be playing against the Broncos on shortly. Mayfield has been dealing with an injury to his not Shoulder for most of the season and he aggravated it in Cleveland's 34-17 loss against the Cardinals in week six. Mayfield didn't miss any time during that game. He was pulled late with the Browns tailing in, tailing in favor of Case Keenan, but that was largely an effort to protect him from further injury. However, the damage has already been done. This, the silver lining is that despite Mayfield's rough-sounding uh, injury, he doesn't appear to be in danger of missing too much time. Browns will be without him this week, and he may may be questionable moving forward, but all he's guaranteed to miss right now is Thursday's game. The Browns haven't put Mayfield on injured reserve. That means that the team is planning on him missing fewer than three games, so there is a possibility he could return to action in weeks eight or nine, but um, I personally think that Mayfield should not be placed back in the game anytime soon, or should at least be given a one-to-two-month rest time. But even so, I think that taking him – Out will definitely lower the future of the Browns. However, even if they were to put Mayfield back in, I think it would still affect the Browns judging that playing on an injury is never good for anyone. But after all, this is just my opinion. Thank you.
8: That
14: is all for today's dose of NFL Top News. This is Russell Motion.
8: I am your host,
11: Sean Allen, with my partners, Issa and Adam. Today, we'll be discussing a recap of the first games of the new NBA season, and briefly talk about the Kyrie Irving issues. At the end, both topics. Issa will be summarizing the first game of the season, which is the Nets and the Bucks. Let's start off with Issa with the
4: first games. Uh the first games this season were the uh, Warriors versus Lakers. Steph Curry and the Warriors won that game with him having a triple double. Uh that's about it, Adam. Um
16: uh another one of the good games was the Hornets and the Pacers. Uh, and the Hornets came out on top 123 to 122. Um Leading in that game, DeMontis Sabonis with 33 points, 15 rebounds, 2 assists, and LaMelo Ball with 31 points, 9 rebounds, and 7 assists.
4: Is LaMelo Ball a rookie or is it second year? I forget.
16: Um, this is the second year with the Hornets.
4: Second year. And he almost mm. got a triple. Double.
11: What about this game? The Timberwolves versus the Rockets. Oh, no.
4: 124
11: oh, yeah. to 106.
4: The Rockets lost that game.
11: I could tell the Rockets are.
16: Yeah, gonna they did.
4: They're not good. Rockets uh, so not do bad. So well. They can't even beat the Timberwolves.
16: Yeah, I mean, um, uh, <laughs> uh, for the Timberwolves, um, you had Carl Anthony Towns with 30 points, 10 rebounds, and two assists. That's a pretty good performance from him. And then, um, uh, the top leader for the Rockets is Christian Wood with only 16 points, nine rebounds, and three assists did so, James
11: Harden, like, leave the Rockets?
16: Uh, he yeah, got traded.
4: He wanted to get traded. So yeah, who? he's
16: now on the Nets, the Brooklyn the Nets. Nets.
4: I mean, and Christian. I wonder
11: Washington lost, bro.
4: Christian, um, <laughs> uh, Christian yeah, uh, Wood is a pretty good player, but he shouldn't be the best player on your team unless he gets a lot better.
16: Yeah, he should not. Um, And speaking of the Nets, uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, he is um, he's not willing to get the vaccine which the NBA is now requiring. So uh, he is not wanting to play, or they're not letting him play in
11: any of the games. I mean, they're that, that, not wrong. You have to be vaccinated. It's like a safety hazard around yeah. the parts.
16: Yeah, Um, uh, I, I do agree with you there that it's a big safety hazard, but um, uh, he feels like that he wants to have control over his body uh, the way he wants it.
4: Wow. Oh, did you
11: hear it? Some people in New York City were
8: actually
11: hundred people were protesting against the vaccine because yeah. Kyrie Irving didn't get it.
4: Yeah, they wanted to show Kyrie Irving support. Yep. So <laughs> they were protesting the vaccine. My
11: opinion also support. Just get it, bro. It's not that big of a deal.
4: Um I think it's more about the principle than getting the actual shot, but yeah. Uh,
16: one of the talks is about Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers. They actually lost their game against the Kings 124-121 to with uh, uh, with Lillard getting 20 points, 6 rebounds, and 11 assists. Um, I mean, basically in the fourth quarter, uh, the shot came down to a 3 and Lillard just couldn't hit it at the right
8: time.
4: Harrison Barnes, though, I think deserves to be mentioned. He got almost 40 points, 6 rebounds, and and 2 assists.
16: Yeah, that was a um, it, uh, it was an outstanding performance from Harrison
11: Barnes. All right, what about the Nuggets and the Suns? One ten to ninety eight. Suns lost.
1: Yeah, um, it,
16: uh, from what I heard, it was a very close game until the third quarter, where the Nuggets um, uh, and Nikola Jokic especially just went on fire, and that's how they got their twelve point lead.
4: Wow. Well, the Suns were championship contenders last year with Chris Paul, uh, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, but yeah. they didn't—they didn't start out the season too good.
16: Yeah, they did not.
4: That's a double-digit loss against the Nuggets. Yeah,
16: um, uh, uh, and people are also expecting the Suns to get back into the championship this year, but I mean, it's—it's it's really like it's—it's um, it's basically uh, how they perform at clutch moments, which is very important.
17: Who's your favorite team
11: out of all these teams that played?
16: Um, I would say the team that has a good chance of going uh, to the finals are the Lakers, but um, uh, the team that I really want to go to the uh, finals because the player just really deserves it uh, are the Trailblazers.
4: Trailblazers? You mean Damian Lillard? Wait, what? You mean Damian Lillard? He deserves the ring?
11: Yes, yes, he does. Another game is Spurs versus the Magic. They took a heavy loss. 123 10, 97.
4: The Spurs lost that game or they won? I think uh, they, they won. won the
8: game.
16: Oh,
4: oh they wow. won the
16: game. Um yeah, for the Spurs, um Mo Bamba with 18 points, four rebounds, four assists. Um I think uh I think throughout the players
4: uh, Mo Bamba is points- on the Spurs? I thought it was on the Magic. Mo- oh, but was yeah. on the Magic.
16: Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, on the Magic, Mobamba, 18 points, 4 rebounds, and 4 assists. But most of their points were spread out through a lot of players.
8: Uh,
11: and and Mobamba uh,
16: was one of
11: them. Players should be mentioned. Derek White with 16 points, 4 rebounds, and 4 assists. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh,
16: in, in games, you really just can't expect, like, Steph Curry and Damian Lillard to get that many rebounds. Because they're just not the tallest players, uh, and they're mostly playing in the backcourt too, not um, at the rim.
4: But you should expect players like Mo Bamba. He's over seven foot, and he only got four rebounds.
11: He's over seven foot?
4: Yeah, he's over seven foot. He's the, uh, I think a couple years in, he's the center, and he got the same amount of rebounds as a six four guard.
16: I mean, uh, it, it might be just like more. Uh, it's um. Uh, uh, from the score
8: eight,
16: and maybe more uh, offensive rebounds. So we can. Oh yeah. Um, the Knicks and Celtics that went into a double overtime.
8: Double overtime.
16: Yeah, um, it it went into a double overtime, 144 to
8: 130.
16: Uh, uh, And then, I mean, just uh, for the Celtics, Jalen Brown with 46 points, nine rebounds, and six assists. And then you have Julius Randle with uh, 35 points, eight rebounds, and nine assists, which, uh, um, uh, in, in my opinion, both of the teams played really well but the celtics again they just um they're good at clutch moments which uh, can decide the game
11: so speaking of these points and like how much they score has there ever been a team who had 600 points i mean 100 t- in one match
4: uh i don't think so that'd be like 30 overtimes
11: well <laughs> it would happen one day
16: Yeah. Uh- Yeah, that's not been that has not happened yet, but it might. I mean, one day. You never know in 2021.
5: (laughs)
4: Well, uh, I don't think that'll happen. 300 points is just uh.
16: Yeah, it's it's probably not going to happen. It's Um, like
4: bowling. You get perfect 300.
16: Too high expectations. uh, 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 so what I've seen is that um, uh. In a regular season game this is the highest scoring game in nba history it was a triple overtime game between the pistons and the nuggets in 1983 and the two teams combined to score 370 points
8: who
16: won um it was the pistons defeating the nuggets 186 to 184. and when was it what yeah um 1983 december
4: 13. wow this Dennis pistons rodman hat.
16: Dennis what? Dennis Rodman. There. Dennis Rodman. I. I don't know. Wow. Um. But I mean, you've seen players that can score a lot of points. You had uh Wilt Chamberlain who scored hundred points in a game. You had Kobe Bryant who scored eighty-one, and Devin Booker, who scored seventy in one game. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, that can definitely happen. But, uh, again, like, you need a very long game.
4: And very good player. You need multiple of those players. Like, yeah. The, the Lakers they have, like, awesome, right? The Lakers got yeah. Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. They also have a couple of former stars, like Carmelo Anthony and Dwight Howard. But, uh, yeah. They still didn't manage to win their game against the Warriors.
8: Mm-hmm.
4: Even oh. even if the Warriors didn't have play Thompson. Uh,
16: there was a low scoring game against the Wizards and the Raptors. Uh the Wizards came out on top ninety-eight to eighty-three. Uh and you had Bradley Beal with twenty three points, three rebounds, and four assists.
4: Oh, wow. wow. The Raptors a couple years ago won a championship. But they lost Kawhi Leonard, and now they're down to getting beaten by the Wizards. Yeah,
16: I mean, like, um, for every team, like, uh, there can be drastic changes and stuff that can, like, uh, it, it can lead the team to great success and also uh, very low success.
8: So.
4: Yeah. That's
15: too bad. I like the Raptors. Yeah. Dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Dinosaurs.
16: Um, okay, uh, Issa, you wanted to talk about, um, the Nets and Bucks game, so you can go ahead and do that if you want.
4: Oh, yeah. The Nets beat, or, sorry, the Bucks beat the Nets by, like, 23 points. It was their first game since they won championship against the Sun in game six, with Giannis having 50 points in that game. Uh... What else? Oh, Chris Middleton and Pat Connington each got 20 points to add to Giannis's 32 points to beat the Nets.
16: Yeah. Uh, and just one thing to add in like, uh, that's really spreading the um, the points out. Like, you have 20 20 and then 32. Like, it's just a combination of a lot of players, which is good.
4: Plus, they were missing the, one of their best players in Drew Holiday. Yeah, that's true. He was out for that
8: game.
4: (laughs) Uh, For the Nets, Kevin Durant had 32 points and 11 rebounds. Patty Mills actually came out as a surprise with 21 points and he shot 100% from three-point range with seven three-pointers made.
16: Yeah, that was uh, big.
4: He got more than James Harden, who only got 20 points. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, they're missing their star point guard Kyrie Irving because of the vaccine issue. Yeah. Hmm.
8: Yeah.
16: Yeah, Um. And I think it was for last year too. Like, uh, since Kyrie Irving also wasn't able to be there because of his ankle injury, uh, the Bucks, uh, the Nets had probably had a higher chance of getting to the championship if they had Kyrie Irving.
4: I think they could. If Kyrie Irving gets the shot, then he. He wouldn't join the team they'd have a lot better chances at winning
11: honestly uh kyrie irving is like a conspiracy
4: theory guy he thinks the earth is flat does he i'm, I'm not yeah, lying i'm yeah, not even um, lying
16: i think in my like honest opinion i, I don't think kyrie irving um uh, i think the nets can do uh, uh, can succeed um a lot without kyrie irving on the team yeah. Like I uh, uh, like um I mean even with Kyrie Irving, like they would still be reaching the amount of time because they have James Harden, Kevin Durant, and uh, Blake Griffin, who's who's already leading the team already. And it's only uh, been a few days in the season. Um but yeah, it's uh it's really exciting to see what the teams will do and how their players will perform throughout the season. um what do you guys think for the upcoming season and how teams will perform
11: let's just hope if the Lakers don't make it to like if they don't do good this season i'll be surprised
16: yeah i mean like uh, when you have that good of a starting five like there's really no excuse for doing badly uh, except for um you just just didn't play well or injuries that's the only reason
11: not all star players all work together there. They don't all yes, come that's
16: again. true. Um, like, uh, y- you might have um, uh, I I don't think Dwight Howard and um, what's his name, Westbrook, have a very good um relationship with each other.
4: Really? Why not?
16: Um, I, I don't know. I think it was in past years. Uh, they've just had some arguments and disagreements.
11: Yeah, <laughs> I think he's late. Like,
16: he always goes late to his I think that's it for today's segment. All right.
4: If you I, heard that person, that wasn't us.
6: I swear it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I was your son, Allen.
11: Joined by my subordinates, Issa, Kadri, and Adam Gospin.
4: We're not uh, supporting um, uh,
11: and, and
16: I just and want to we'll make that clear next episode on nothing but net. Thank you.
9: Have a great day.
11: This is the real football. I am your host, Andrea Ermoli. Uh
18: David Luigi Camarillo Inboard and Bernard Hendrick.
11: Today we're going to be talking about the Serie A matches, uh, predictions, and standings. So today at 145 we have Napoli Bologna. Uh, I honestly think that Napoli is going to win because they're a superior team. They have a uh, Mertens, they have Insigne, and they have a bunch of other good players. So I think they they really stand a chance for this. Um,
18: yeah, I also think Napoli is going to win. Right now, they're going to be top of the uh, tied for top of the table with Milan if they yeah, win this. And which they, will, so. they are doing really well with only one draw, which was um just I think last week against which was, was against, it, Roma, yeah. against Roma. Yeah, <laughs> Roma. Which uh, was a zero zero draw. Okay, and now we will talk about the games that happened on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. Uh so Salernitana. Uh, Beat Venetia 2 to 1. Um, yeah, it's a pretty interesting. Uh, I mean, not. Uh, yeah,
11: it wasn't expected.
18: It, yeah, yeah. Venetia was expected to win, but I mean, they both played in Serie AB last year, and I mean, they're used to playing each other. Yeah. Next up, we have Spezia uh, versus Genoa. That was a tie. That was 1-1. a tie winner.
11: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it was a pretty good match.
10: Yeah, nothing too, too interesting, but.
11: Yeah. Next, we have uh, Milan versus Torino. Very excited match, 1-0. Even though it was only one goal, Milan maintained possession the whole game. We did really well. And uh...
18: Uh, Yeah, I actually think Torino could have maybe possibly tie, um, tied it up because they over um, once Milan scored, they sat back and defended basically the entire game. Torino was leading in possession, leading in shots and better pass accuracy, more passes and a lot more corners. Um yeah, I think Torino could have tied it, but Milan yeah. is a very strong team and it just didn't end up happening. Yeah. Right. Then um, we had Atalanta versus Sampdoria.
11: Um so it was 3-1 Atalanta.
18: Right. Uh, I mean, it was
11: it a pretty was. good game. So in the 10th minute, Francesco Caputo scored. Uh I mean honestly I didn't see that goal but seems like it was a tough match for Sampdoria. Then uh 17th minute Christopher uh, Askildens scored
14: an own
18: goal. An yeah. Own
11: goal.
18: And then next uh, we have Duvin Zapata who scored in the 21st minute and then Josic Ilusic to um ended off with in the 95th minute with another goal. Yeah.
11: Next we have
18: We have um Udinese, Udinese versus Verona. Yeah. It was Wait, one so, one. Yeah, uh,
14: one one. I mean not a bad match.
11: Not a bad yeah. Since uh, Udinese, I mean Udinese just lost um their best player in the Paul.
18: Um, I
11: think the they're gonna have a tough season. But yeah. Um, yeah. Um,
18: Udinese player scored in the third minute with success. Um yeah. Uh, yeah. Really uh, I mean, he led him to success for quite a few minutes of the game. While um, in the 83rd minute, um, they got um, Verona got awarded a penalty, and they converted that to tie it 1-1. Next up, we have um, Juventus versus Ooh. Sassuolo, which uh, Sassuolo sadly did win yeah, two to one. Two to one. Let's go! In the 95th minute, they ended up winning the game. Because you, a lack of defending for Juventus. Juventus. It was a
11: very good game.
18: Yeah, Juventus uh, tied it 1-1. Best but I've ever seen. Kind of dropped at the end. Yeah. Um, again, Juventus dropping points <laughs> in Serie A. Well, um, not, right now, it's not looking too strong of a season for Juventus. Okay. Roma versus Cagliari. Um, I mean, Roma did win 2-1. Yeah. Um, expected win. I was actually expecting a little bit more goals for Romo. Yeah, same. I was,
11: yeah, I mean, uh, Romo's, uh, Romo's a superior team.
10: Especially with Joseph I mean, yeah. Mourinho. At least maybe two, three, zero. But...
11: Mourinho, his leadership skills, I mean, you've seen him throughout the history of soccer. He's turned every soccer team that he's ever managed. He's turned it uh, iconic. And, yeah, I think Joseph is going to have a pretty good season. Maybe not uh, first place, but... I
18: think definitely got Yeah. Right. Full credit though, 2-1. All right. So then Inter Milan beat Empoli 2-0 yesterday.
10: Um that's kind of expected, I'd yeah, say.
18: Very much expected. Um Empoli did end up getting a red card which yeah. probably did not help. Okay, then again Lazio played Fiorentina. Lazio did win 1-0. Um, and that game yeah, I mean... honestly um what so, when I watched it, it looked about even. Um, yeah, it was about – it's a pretty even
10: game. had dominated a bit more with shots, but otherwise pretty equal, yeah. Yeah, I and
11: mean, the possession was 48% and 52%, so pretty not much difference there.
18: Okay, um, yeah, and that's all for um, this week. And then – well, actually, later this week, um, over the weekend – uh, they, Serie A will be resuming. Yeah, um, and Fresh then 11. Right, and then first game up, we have Atalanta versus Lazio. Ooh. I think this is going to be a very tough game. This will yeah. be, this will be good. I, I mean,
11: think- Atalanta is doing very good this season. They have been, uh, dominating, uh, the matches they played. Um, uh, they were winning 2-0 against Man United in the Champions League. Somehow, Ronaldo, well, you know, it's Ronaldo, but... Yeah, Conor Ronaldo, he tied it up. I mean, and then he scored a,
14: a, nice a brilliant head. header yeah.
11: to win the game 3-2. But I think Atalanta could win this game because, I mean, uh, Lazio have not been doing very good.
18: Yeah, I would actually say a 2-2 draw for Atalanta Lazio. What about
10: you, Vorna? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to agree. It's going to be it's gonna be a very tough game, but a draw is probably maybe 2-2, maybe 1-1-2, but, like, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, think I'll, I think I'll go. Yeah, agree with you. All well.
18: right, next game we have Verona versus Juventus. Um, well, I'm I'm assuming
10: you want Juventus to win. Yeah, also. I I do. I'm actually, might um, honestly, I'm, i kind of think maybe.
11: I think Juventus uh could win, but you know it could be a very tough game it won't since be, they just yeah. lost against the Swallow. Verona haven't been doing that good. They're tenth right now, but. Uh, you know, anything could happen
18: right now. Juventus right. isn't
11: playing as well as they used to be with him Right, already.
18: they're having very shaky seasons of yeah. Mark. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have Torino versus Sampdoria. Um, I would. I'm gonna say Torino. Yeah, that's. I
10: don't think that's really yeah, too okay. much of a question. Yeah, it's not.
18: It's not much of a question, but. Uh, Torino, Torino has been dropping, chance. has been dropping points recently.
11: Yeah.
18: With games, um, very tough games.
11: Yeah. Against
18: Milan, Napoli, and Juventus, like.
11: And,
18: Those are a lot of moves. Right. So I do think Torino will pull it off maybe 1 0. I'd say 2. 2? Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go with one. But... All right. Next up, we have Inter Milan versus Udinese. Yeah. Um, Inter Milan, yeah, I am almost 100% sure that they will be Udinese. But then again, uh, soccer, oh. anything yeah, soccer, anything can happen. Yeah, anything can
14: happen. I agree. As we've seen. But. Yeah. but
11: yeah, you know, anything can happen. Like even the the underdogs can lose. Right now Ethan Milan is third and uh
18: Mineza is 14th. Yeah. So yeah.
11: We'll see, we'll see what happens yeah.
18: with that. Okay, next up we have Fiorentina versus Spezia. Um I think Fiorentina Fiorentino, that's win. like
11: you know with their
18: young striker Vlahovic. Yeah. He's doing really well at the moment. Spezia's not doing that good this season, I mean. Yeah. They're escaping relegation. I mean, there's still have a lot to go, but all right. Still, we'll see. Um, we'll see what
8: that.
18: Then the next game we have is Genoa v- versus Venezia. Um, I that's think gonna, be... gonna win.
10: I'm gonna have to say it's gonna be like a tie. What do you guys
18: think? Yeah, I would say maybe like a nil-nil tie.
11: I would say either Genoa or a tie. I mean, yeah, it's possible it's yeah. a tie, but Genoa. I mean, compared to Venezia, I think they're doing be better.
18: Right. Um, next up we have Sassuolo versus Empoli. Right. So
11: Ooh. I think the solo is gonna win. Yeah. Uh, they just pulled a three-one off of the just, Um. Honestly, yeah. I mean, it's it's a solo for me. Uh, About the speed, mentality. I think they have what it takes to win this game. I'm yeah, um, gonna
18: have to agree with that. Yeah. Next so, up is Salernitana versus oh, Napoli. Oh my. I
11: think uh, Napoli's gonna win. Yeah. No Salernitana. Uh, just one. Napoli is the
10: win. Yeah, that, I don't think that's.
11: It's
10: a pretty clear win. Mm-hmm. Hopefully
11: not, not because uh, I want Milan to stay on the top
8: of
18: the table. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's a question about that I don't one. Think yeah. um, a and next up we have uh, Roma versus Milan, which will be a tough game. That'll be interesting. Yeah. They're yeah. both doing really well right now. That's um, gonna
10: be one zero. I think it's maybe Milan though. On, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna say two one Milan. Two one Milan. Okay. I'd say
11: either three uh, zero score for La.
18: No. Okay. I don't know, man.
11: That's I'm gonna a say a break from Teo Hernandez and two from now.
18: We'll see, I guess. We'll see. That's All right. Nice. Next up, we have Bologna versus Cagliari. Um, that's... this will be actually a pretty good game.
14: Yeah.
18: Both right now at mid table, um, mid to lower table. Yeah. Actually, Cagliari is last yeah, place right, right, now. right now. Um, <laughs> oh, that's even my though back, a few, uh, like for the past few years, they've been pretty consistent. Maybe like. Twelfth, 13th place um but right uh this season they're not having a good season um uh, but i get what you mean it could be a, it could be a decent game yeah yeah hopefully game. um calgary could win this and get back on track with their season
14: yeah
18: all right and then next up we're going to be talking about the champions league predictions yeah um first up we have um chelsea versus malamo uh, it's, uh, it's a
15: pretty killer that's
18: chelsea. It's chelsea chelsea yeah yeah they could go up so they just played uh, Malmo and they won 4-0. I'm thinking maybe a little bit less because they've already beat them in, like, maybe just a 2-1 or 2-0 game.
11: Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think they're not going to play their top players in this game uh, for a risk to not be injured. But if, I mean, if they do, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a pretty good win. They'll, uh, they'll probably get a big goal differential in this game. But, yeah.
10: Next, next game. Next, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Wolfsburg versus uh, Salzburg. Yeah. I think last segment we predicted that Wolfsburg was going to win, and they actually lost. Right, they lost three to one, which is not exactly yeah small. All right.
18: Um. Well, yeah. now what do you guys think again? I think. I mean Salzburg. They've been doing oh, really I good. Don't... I think
14: they top
10: of the group, right? Salzburg right now. Um. Let's check. Um. Yeah, they're top of
7: the group.
10: Yeah, and then Wolfsburg is actually at the bottom of the group. Yeah, I'm going to have to go to Salzburg then. I don't know.
11: Yeah.
10: I can't really see. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, I
11: don't see Wolfsburg
18: winning. I actually still think Wolfsburg can pull this win off. And, yeah, and because right now in the Bundesliga, they're doing pretty well. So. I mean,
11: yeah, but sometimes it's, they're doing really good in the Bundesliga. And sometimes they're being, like really bad for champions. I mean, it's happening to
18: be Right. Yeah. Okay, next game we have Villarreal. Versus Young Boys.
11: This is a tough game. I mean, uh, I don't think Young Boys had uh, luck when they beat uh, Man United. I mean, maybe a little because of that mistake by Jesse Lingard. That was a while ago. But I still think that uh, it could be a tough game. And, yeah, I don't know. I'd say tie.
18: Um, I'm going to say Villarreal yeah, I'm gonna 1-0. Have, I'm going to have to go with Villarreal. It'll be a tough game, but Villarreal. I think because be last game, Villarreal beat Young Boys 4-1. Yeah. So, oh. yeah, um, I would man. say maybe just a small win for soccer. Is a yeah, oh. it's unexpected sometimes, but I'm gonna have to go with the Okay, I'm gonna say Juventus versus Zenit. Ooh, um, and, I, I don't and... think Juventus is gonna put in their um first string because they've just beat them 1-0 and they're right now sitting at the top of their table. So maybe get a few benchers on and see how good they are.
11: I mean. For me, I would put all my best because, you know, you know, anything can happen. Zenit can come back and meet you, but.
18: Yeah, I don't want to drop your right. Juventus yet, is, is like kind of falling in the Serie A, so they might save some of their players for Serie A. Yeah. That's true, that's true though, yeah. Next up, we have Bayern versus Benfica. Oh, Ooh,
10: Benfica
11: beat Barcelona 3-0 a while ago. Yeah. But I still think that Bayern can beat off a win. In the last game to beat them 4-0. Yeah, that's it's awesome. Byron. Right. That's what yeah.
10: You I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna have to agree with that Byron.
18: Hmm. All right. Next up, we have Sevilla versus Lille.
11: You know, uh, Lille just lost their goalkeeper. Uh, goalkeeper. So I think I'd maybe have to go with Sevilla. I mean, they have suzo Uh. Yeah. Not much players there. It's, it's not really a big game, but I'd have to go with Sevilla.
14: Yeah uh, next up we'll have we'll have Dynamo Kiev uh, Kiev versus
18: Barcelona. Um I think Barcelona's going to win probably 3-0. Yeah. Uh, they did just win a bit against uh, Dynamo Kiev 1-0 uh, last um uh, last time they played. But I think Barcelona because Barcelona is doing all right um they just pulled off a win in um La Liga. I think they can beat Dynamo Kiev. Yeah. All right, next up, we got Atalanta versus Man United. Oh. Um, we talked about this earlier this session, yeah. but mm. um, Atalanta was winning 2 0, and Ronaldo ended up winning the game for Man United um, with uh, one goal, which was a very nice header from Ronaldo. So I'm going to say. Um, this could be. I'm going to say 2 0, Man United. Yeah, it could either be a
10: drastic yeah. loss or it'll be another one. So it looks a really close, close game. We'll see. You know,
11: I'm going to have to go with Atalanta. You know, Man United just bought a bunch of good players, but I'm going for the underdogs this match since they're Italian, but let's go Atalanta.
18: Right. Um, Man United did just lose against Liverpool 5 0. Yeah, that was. And the Premier League. That, was, that uh, was Next, we
11: have Real Madrid versus. Chicago
18: Chicardinist.
11: And, uh, I mean, I think they're Real Madrid will no win. I mean, it's not that big yeah. of yeah. a deal for him. Yeah. small club. Right. Not known.
18: So next we have Milan-Porto. Uh, I think Milan's actually going to pull off this win, Milan, get the yeah. first few points in the Champions League this year. Um, Yeah, I think maybe a 2-0 win again, um, for Milan. Yeah. Me too. I mean, last match they lost against Porto. I don't know. All right, I uh, think Milan should
11: win.
18: Next up we have Sporting versus beticas And I think Sporting's going Sporting. to win maybe like 31. I think they right. already won against them anyway, so yeah, we'll All see. Right. Next game we have Dortmund versus Ajax.
11: I think Dortmund won.
18: Yeah, Dortmund. Yeah, Dortmund. They're I,
11: doing good in the Bundesliga, so. right? With Erling Haaland,
18: even though they out. did lose against um, Ajax four oh, 0 but yeah, yeah. I do think they can pull off a win yeah. because again, they're doing really well with Erling Haaland
11: with their young players. I mean, like uh, Jude Bellingham.
18: Oh uh, Rangers, I think they need to pull off a little Alright, and then next up we have Sheriff versus Inter Milan. Uh, oh, I just have a few words for you. Um go Sheriff. Yeah. Um but no, in all seriousness, I think Inter a Milan will win. Yeah. Sheriff yeah. did have a good two good wins, but hopefully they can keep it up. Yeah, I'll see it. All right, next up we have Liverpool, Liverpool versus Atletico go. Madrid, which Liverpool I mean, that... after winning against Man United five zero and beating um Atletico two three. I do think they can beat Atletico again, maybe yeah. 2-0. You know, yeah.
11: I'm actually going to go with Spanish Science. Uh, I'm going to go with Atletico. I think they have uh, their coach. They're going to win this match. I think they have the hope for it. All
18: right, next up we have Club Bruges and Man City. Uh, uh, this is not a big um, yeah. competition. So Man, City. Man City. Man, yeah. Yeah. Right, right.
11: Next we have PSG Leipzig. Uh I think
18: PSG is yeah, for sure. Really. Yeah, I, mean, I like, think PSG is maybe going to win like Five zero. Yeah, that's not gonna
10: be a big match and uh
18: all right, that will wrap us up for today's lesson, uh, or today's segment segment and uh thank you for listening to the real football. Yeah. This was your host, Andrea Roley. Uh David Camarillo. Warner Endrick.
16: Hello, welcome back to the European Soccer Report. Today's episode is brought to you by Federico Marati, Blake Wilson, and Mitchell Chen. First, let's talk about Serie A. They played yesterday, the day before yesterday, and there's also going to be a game today. I'd say, really big shocker Juventus Sassuolo.
9: Yeah,
17: and like, I didn't think that Juventus would lose to. A team that's, I mean, they're ninth, so they're okay, but still, it's a huge shocker since Juventus dropped down to seventh after that. So,
16: yeah, it was, I mean, sassuolo has been growing these last few years, so they're a pretty good team now. But a 95th minute goal, I wonder how Juventus has been affected by it as a team, because
9: after.
17: I'm, I'm sure they'll bounce back, though. Yeah. Uh,
16: yeah. Also, something to keep in mind about, if y'all were tuning in, we didn't actually have a podcast last week, meaning that we have a lot more to talk about, including match day 9 of 38, which included a tie versus Inter Milan and Juventus. Good game. Napoli finally getting its first tie. That, that ties them with Milan. But... Now Milan has overtaken them in match day 10. But Napoli played today at 2.45, and if Napoli win that, then they're again tied in first with Milan. So, yeah, there were a bunch of good games in match day 9 out of 38. Atalanta tied Undonisi. Sassuolo has been winning a lot of their last games. Uh, Like I said, Roma-Napoli tying... Yeah also okay. having missed having missed last week, we, we missed the Champions League. That there was some pretty big action there.
17: Yeah. Um yeah, in the Champions League, Man United beat Atalanta with the, with the eighty first minute goal by Cristiano Ronaldo. I, um, yeah. yeah. Also, Porto, Porto beating Milan, I wasn't really expecting that. Yeah. Um, uh, should we go over to the Premier League, maybe? Uh, no, there's a couple sure. more games we could talk about. Oh, sure, Atletico yeah.
16: Madrid, Liverpool 2-3 with Atletico getting a red guard. Ajax absolutely dominating Dortmund or with a 4-0 lead, with a 4-0 W. Sheriff not strong against Vincent Milan. Yeah, that was, I, I like to talk about Inter Milan-Sheriff because coming into the game, Sheriff had beat every other team in their group stage. They beat Shakhtar Donetsk Can Real Madrid. So I wasn't really sure if Inter Milan were going to be able to take that game, but they did it. Yeah, um, another good game is PSG-Leipzig with Messi, two goals, two, one tap in, one nice goal. Real Madrid absolutely blowing, shocked our Domchik out of the water, Man City again, killed Club Rouge Club Brugge um, and sporting beat Basicas, Basica Basquitas, my fault. And and all the groups, City second, PSG first, and group A, Atletico and Atletico and Liverpool. First and second, with Milan at the bottom with three losses. Not looking too good for them. Ike Dortmund, no shock there. Sheriff Real Madrid, Sheriff still on top, even though despite that loss. And Bayern Benfica, Group E, and Group F to top it off. United and Villarreal with Atlanta coming close in third. And for the last two groups, Group G, RB Salzburg and Sevilla, with Leo coming close in third. And Chelsea, Juventus in Group H.
17: Not a lot of huge shockers there, but yeah, not a lot of huge shockers there, honestly.
16: Only uh, the the only ones probably a Sheriff. Also, Benfica over Barcelona. I mean, Barcelona's gone down a lot. Like in La league, they're down in ninth place.
17: They've they're not that huge team
16: they used to be anymore. Yeah.
17: But they did get their first W um this match season in uh match day three. So yeah, against Dina Mukiev. Yeah, one zero. I feel like they could have done more, but a win's
16: a win, yes. um, I Um I'm gonna transfer over to the Premier League. Couple very big games, considering we are going over two weeks. So
17: probably let's probably the biggest the shocker there, in there is honestly. Man United getting destroyed by Liverpool. But
16: also, wait, wait. Go back to the week before, since so you missed that one. Yeah, let's Leicester talk about Leicester City, more. Leicester City, Manchester United, four-two from Manchester for Leicester City.
1: Yeah, that's not I, nothing too good for United.
16: I, I don't know, United. They're doing decent.
17: United efficiency. dropped
16: Their all first. the
17: way down in seventh.
16: Yeah, I, I think we're not gonna be seeing too much on this season, but. In Champions League, they're not doing badly soon. They might move yeah, on. Um, Liverpool, 5-0, Watford, not very many big games. West Ham beating Everton. Uh, Tottenham beating Newcastle. Not very many games. But if we go over to day 9 of 38, you'll see that Chelsea beat Norwich 7-0, which is a huge win. Watford beating Everton 5-2, which is also another shocker. West Ham, again, dominant team winning. City beating Brighton, Leicester beating Brentford, and, of course, Liverpool killing United. Top four table right now, not too different from last year. Chelsea in first, second Liverpool, third City, fourth West Ham. And, again, another shocker, fifth, Brighton. Brighton's really holding on. They're still there. I remember we said at the really, really beginning, oh, it's just the first matches. They might go down in a few weeks, but they're still there. So – for sure, agreed. I mean, they've had uh, one loss and three draws. Not the best, but it's good for them, man. Like, for a team like Brighton to do as well as they are now, like, props to them. Stats, not too much different. Uh, Mohamed Salah, top goal scorer. Jamie Vardy, second. And, yeah, um, for top assists, we have Paul Padba seventh. So with seven assists in first, second, Gabriel Jesus tied with Kar- Kovacic, Salah, and yeah, that's about it. Um, y'all wanna move to La Liga? Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah, La Liga. Uh, they're actually playing right now. Real versus Salta Vigo, forty-fifth minute, almost halftime, still zero-zero. Kind of surprising because I mean Real Sociedad. If it ends, if the game were to end like this. They'd be first place on top of Real Madrid by one point, but they do have one more game. But Salta Vigo all the way down to 14th, under a surprising 13th place Villarreal. So, um, yeah, a couple shocking games from yesterday. Um, Real beating Barcelona 1-0, which is very disappointing for Barcelona. Real Madrid tying with Osuna. That's another. I mean, not a shocker. Very good game from this Sunday was uh, Real uh, Real Madrid-Barcelona. That was a good style now Classico. Unfortunately, Barcelona loses again. Another really good game that took place um, Sunday were Atletico and um, Real Sociedad. They had a very, very, very solid match. I'd like to go back to the uh, Classico. Uh, So Mm Real Madrid were leading. And then in the 94th, they made it 2-0. And really, really late action. Barcelona made it two-one with Sergio Aguero in the ninety-seven. So, really, really, late action there. Just like, like we said, Juventus lost to Swallow for ninety-fifth-minute
7: goal. So, a lot of late action this week.
16: Also, the Bundesliga. Bundesliga. Bayern Munich first, like. Pretty much every year lately, Dortmund second by one point. Very close there. Yeah, but I think I'm not sure, but we might see a change in title. Instead of always seeing Bayern Munich win, it'd be nice to see Dortmund win for once. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, but I'm not sure. And then the Europa League, not doing too badly. No really big shockers. PSV Monaco, though. That game Monaco was able to take. Good game. Uh, an 89th minute goal to win it for Monaco. And Napoli beating Lecce Warsaw. Yeah. Good games there, too. And going back to Serie all yesterday, Colliery against Roma. Roma did end up winning, I'm not surprised, but Roma were losing 1-0, and then they had to come back to win it in the 78th minute, so that was kind of a surprise, I thought it was going to be an easy win for Roma.
17: Yeah, that's a good game, Um, Roma scoring goals within 7 minutes of each other, so they came back pretty I wouldn't say easily, but Yeah, they, they were able to do it. Yeah. Also
16: another really late winner. Venezia Salernitana. Two teams that just came up from Serie B, so it wasn't really a huge game, but Venezia leading until the sixty first when Salernitana tied. And then at the ninety-fifth, Salernitana with the goal to win it. So really late there too yeah i think we've covered everything guys um yeah we've covered pretty much most of it yeah it was a good week uh, considering that we have two weeks to talk about i think that was this is a very good podcast and i want to thank you all for tuning in today so i hope that y'all will join us next week and blake signing off yep. yeah thanks for listening to this week's podcast make sure you listen to
17: next week's bye bye, bye.
19: Welcome to Everything NBA. My name is Reeve Jenkins.
7: And I'm my name's Adams. And we
19: are your podcasters. Today, we will be talking about the Lakers' first five regular season games.
7: And we'll be talking about Russell Westbrook. Should the Lakers trade them or keep him? This will be answered today.
19: The Lakers are currently two and three. At those to the of Thunder yesterday, are driving a 26-point lead. The Lakers haven't played the best so far.
7: Definitely. I totally agree with the sauce. (laughs) The Spurs are not that good of a team, and they don't truly have a number one player.
19: The first three games for the Lakers were against the Warriors, Suns, and Grizzlies. They lost against the Warriors, lost against the Suns, and then won against the Grizzlies. The
7: Grizzlies game could have also been lost if John Warren hit the free throw at the end. The Lakers got very fortunate.
19: But in sports, sometimes you need to be fortunate. On Sunday, I was watching the post game of the Lakers versus Grizzlies game, and Sam Mitchell said that the Lakers should be seven and two with their next six games. This got me thinking a little bit. But since they lost to the Thunder, they won't be able to go seven and two.
7: I agree with Sam Mitchell because the Lakers play these teams: Spurs, Thunders, Cavs, Rockets. They play some of these teams multiple times.
19: All. Oh. The- of these teams are not that good.
7: The only team that is maybe a baby threat are the Cavs because of Darius Garland and their young core.
19: Now let's talk about Russell Westbrook. His fit with the team and concerns. Westbrook, in my opinion, fits with the Lakers. I just think Frank Vogel and LeBron James have to be willing to change up the game plan To fit his playing style
7: yep i totally agree (laughs) the russell westbrook trade was a huge move for the lakers and they should be they should have had a plan for russ (laughs) before he even came to the team
19: i mean that's what you would think they would do especially with a player with the player of his caliber
7: it was good to see that he had his first double double with Lakers on Sunday versus Grizzlies.
19: I think Russell Russell Westbrook will ultimately fit with the Lakers and everything will turn out good.
7: That's what we're hoping for. There are multiple teams that would want Russell Westbrook if he gets traded.
19: I really hope West Westbrook doesn't get traded. I hope he stays. Well it's been fun but this has concluded our podcast. So,
7: so. Uh, Nope, I think you've covered everything. Thank you all for listening, and come next week for more.
19: Signing off, Reeve Jenkins.
7: Ta-da-da-da-da.
9: Hi, I'm Leon Rufus, and welcome to Global Soccer. There's, some, there's a lot going on. It's the stacking of Kuman, Barcelona. Anyways, we have some very big games, such as the El Clásico. And Juventus
20: is into Milan now. Mohamed, can you take us from here? Uh, I did FCB versus uh, Dynamite Kaiki. And another team I did was F- FCB. In, it was a major league. So first, I'm going to start with FCB versus Kaik. So they they both won by one First of all, with this victory, Dynamite Kaik lost their four games in UFA. Barcelona scored their first win with the Champions League, defending Demo Kierke at the Camp New. Garden scored the goal only of the first game in the first half, and he powered a volley past Georgia, first came from a lost range. Uh, and then, chance. latches for fatty right hand Kiwi Box. He takes on the effort first left foot, but then he slices over the strike bar. It was a good chance to get away from the razor, but he did not. He blocked the goal. Kelly win a free streak because Barcelona did a foul. So he punches over the goal. Chance, Brown is too far. Casual position. Uh, Barcelona one by one.
9: Thank you, Mohammed. Now, Kevin, you think
11: this from here.
8: Um, Juventus versus
0: Inter Milan on October twenty-four, two 2021. Balla scores the spot to snatch a late 1-1 to draw for Juventus
11: at safety game. Paolo Dybala has scored 18 of his 20 penalties taken in Serie A, including last five. Thank you,
9: Kevin. Now, Michael.
0: Hey, um, last week, um, I think on Friday, there was a live game of Man United versus Liverpool. It was a rough game from 0 to 5, and Manchester United have only lost by a larger margin in this fixture in October 1895 when Liverpool beat them by 7 to 1 in, at Anfield. Its largest margin to defeat its fixture when playing at home. Liverpool are only the second team in English top-flight history to win consecutive away games by a margin of plus-five goals without consending themselves after Manchester United in February-March, 1960. And Manchester United have lost by a margin of five or more goals at Old Trafford without scoring themselves for the first time since a... 0-5 0-5 defeat at home to Manchester City in February 1955 under Matt Busby.
9: Thank you, Michael. Now we have two really important games. We have Marcelli versus PSG. This is like the French Classico. It's really high standards. And there was a red card from Harkarfi uh, Hakimi. 0-0 full-time, nothing. No goals. 0 zero-zero. Red card Kimi. It's a like I said, this is a very big match. It's uh it's and you think that the the superstar team would score with Messi and Mbappe, Hale uh, Nava, Rodri Sergio Ramos, but he's on the, he's injured. Hakimi, uh Kylian Mbappe, Neymar. But it's a very it's a very disappointing tie for. The, but now we also go to the uh, classical which round Real yeah, Madrid won. This is the third classical one in a row. Very, very big. They beat Barcelona almost three times. And, which is, and this was a home game for Barça, so I think is gonna win the next one. Aguirre scoring his first goal on his uh, on his debut. Also, Alaba scoring David Alaba scoring his uh, first goal to a Madrid and he has a classical debut. Followed with a goal from. Followed from what's a goal from. I think that. And then a goal following Lucas Vasquez Vasquez scored the second goal anyways now we go to Barcelona where they've lost another match it's it's very disappointing and Kuman has been sacked Because now the coach B, the coach of the B team of Barcelona will be coaching them until you know, the favorite of the the new manager the new coaches to arrive, Xavi Hernandez, and this, this he probably knows Barca. The only people who know Barca better than him are a few people. He is one of many. He's one of the Barcelona legends that went down in history. It's gonna be it's gonna be a nice to see the Barca and him reunite, even though they won't be playing together. it's Still nice to see them both uh, him him uh, coaching because. Because right now, his team is amazing. They're undefeated. They, uh, they're number one in the in Dubai. When you may be thinking, oh, it's just Dubai, right? If you've seen what he has done with his team, right? He turned that team into prime bar set With with ease. He turned it in. You see, you see the team back off. And he has put, he is probably going to turn into one of the best managers nowadays. Hopefully, he does good at Barca and becomes really good. I'm hoping that Barca can come back and become a really good team. He is scheduled, he is scheduled to come back for November, to November 7th. So, I'm going to be ready for that because you're about to see some of Xavier Ch- Ch- Hernandez's return he as coaching. He also to the ballon d'Or winner. Messi is still leading the favorite. The question for you guys, everyone playing this, is will Lionel Messi win the seventh Ballon d'Or? Maybe him he'll be the best player in the world. But Ronaldo, Mr. Ronaldo, having the second uh, um, amount of Ballon d'Ors, five Ballon d'Or Messi gets it. If Messi gets these next two, if Messi gets this next one, I think the game is over. He's had a, I think he's, he deserves it. He don't, he literally had a, a great individual season. I mean, he won the Copa de Real. he scored, he got the Puscas. Really mm-hmm. good goal. Then he also,
5: uh, he also
9: won the Copa America. Finally, he won his Ad international trophy. Really big. And he got the golden bit for that. And he's been, been very good. I think he deserves it. Uh, Anyone's folks, this is a, Global Soccer,
11: I hope you enjoyed. I'm Laura Foucault. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Inside the Diamond. These are your hosts. I am Reed Flowers.
14: I'm Jackson McNeil. Rafael Arroyo.
11: And And once again, welcome to Inside the Diamond Baseball Podcast. Today, we will have a postseason episode once again. Um... We'll be talking about the ALCS, NLCS, and so far what has happened in the World Series. Um first, going strong. The Astros in the ALCS destroyed the Red Sox in six games of four to two series. Um, Astros doing what we believed they would do, what we expected. Um, came out with their young offensive team and really just hit the ball and did great and did what they were supposed to
14: I'd say I'd say the
15: Astros were playing absolutely exceptional this week um the loss of the first World Series game was I don't know it kind of got my hopes down but looks like we're back up same as we did with the Red
19: Sox
11: yep and um going on the NLCS came down to the Braves and the Dodgers uh, Braves beating them also in six games for the two series. Um, Braves, uh, a little bit of a closer series. When the Dodgers did win, they won by a bunch. Um, and the, uh, yeah, the Braves, that was kind of an upset. We thought that the Dodgers were going with their great team with barely any holes in their lineup. They have... But they didn't really pull through. All their guys have seen playoffs. They they don't have any any body on their team that really hasn't seen the playoffs or, for the most part, the World Series. Um, so they knew what it would what it took to win. I guess they just didn't pull through. The Braves came in strong and took the W. And now it's Astros Braves World Series, tied one to one. Um, Braves first first game. Uh, came out swing and they hit a home run, the third pitch of the first inning
8: of their first game in the world
11: series. Um, and they just started it off for them. They won the first game and then game two came down. Astros, um, took the lead early, kept it and just kept scoring. And that's what the Astros do. And I hope that they can keep doing that. Um, I'll pass this to one
21: of y'all. Any comments? Uh, back to the ALCS. Yes. Yordan uh, Alvarez was coming out swinging a lot. He's uh, he's actually been uh, hitting it to left field a lot, and that's surprised me. Uh, he's been hitting very well this postseason. I thought he's like, I think he's doing the best on the Astros right now, and hitting wise.
11: Yeah, him and um uh Kyle Tucker are going strong right now. Uh Yuli won a batting title. was not doing great in the postseason. Um Maldonado is getting a getting stuff for his hitting but I, I honestly he's he's not he's not there for that purpose. I believe that Maldonado is there for his defensive purpose and even when even when it does come to the clutch, even um, triple runners on second and third uh, uh, in the second game, and he he came up to bat and hit one through the hole, and he he got a he got a run in, and he did what he was supposed to. Do. Jackson, any thoughts on any thoughts on Maldonado? Uh,
4: yeah, he's a really a defensive catcher. His average is like I don't know, less than a hundred. He's he's right, reads right. He's not really there for the hitting. But his defense is elite. His arm is really good, blocks the ball well. And he's just – he's there for the defense, really not the hitting.
11: Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I just wanted to speak on that because I've been seeing uh, Maldonado getting hate for his hitting, for his lack of offense. But I just wanted to speak on that because I really have – love Maldonado. I love what he's do, what he does at catcher.
8: And uh he does what he needs to do. Um
15: onto the stats of the Astros versus the Braves. I like to comment that uh in this series I'd say they're pretty evenly matched. Do you guys have any uh, thoughts just about statistics?
11: Um, not much on statistics, but the Braves have a, have a very good built team. They have a bunch of um, young players, and they have a bunch of they have a bunch of good hitters, kind of like the Astros. I I think the Astros definitely have a stronger um, offensive lineup, uh, definitely, but. Braves have really really proven themselves and they came out even with losing Ronald Acuna Jr. just about halfway through the season. Um they've really been showing themselves. They've shown they've been showing everyone else what they can do and um, yeah, and they've been they have a great built team. They have a good they have a good um pitching roster.
4: They yeah. have
11: They have it all around. They got defense, they got offense, they
4: got pitching. Yeah, but the main secret for the Braves was definitely the trade deadline. I mean, they they acquired four people and they've just been doing the most for their team. Like, they had 25 of 35 of their runs, I think, in the NLCS for the four dudes that they brought in on the trade deadline. Yeah, the trade deadline really just helped the Braves get to where they are right now. And I think that's why they're so successful.
21: Yeah, in the World Series, uh, first ga- in the first game, like, the Braves won by five, and then now the second game, the Astros won by five. So it's going to be a evenly matched-up game. It's been changing throughout the...
11: Yeah, it normally seems, every every game seems to be a one-sided affair. It's, it's um, kind of odd that there's not really any close games with the Astros anymore, or even with the Braves, all the games... With, there was one game in the World Series, I think um, it was one game in the NLCS against the Dodgers that was even, like, close, and that was uh, the one that the Dodgers won. It was 5-6. It was game three. And all the other ones were blowouts, and they just
5: – yeah,
11: they just won. Um, pretty much the same with the Astros winning uh, – Five, nothing, nine, one, nine, two, uh crazy, and then the when the Red Sox did win, they won twelve to three and nine to five, so they're it's really crazy how each game is a blowout. There's not really many close games anymore
21: yeah i i i I'm seeing the ashes uh getting a lot of runs in one inning, and then none in the other. So it's just like it changes throughout.
11: Yeah, I think definitely their their team. Uh, I think they get fired up at times, and then once the inning ends, they kind of lose it. And then they uh, sometimes they get it back. Sometimes they keep hitting, but not very much. They have a lot of big innings. They have a lot of very. They have few very very big innings, and um that's what has really carried the Astros is their big uh, streaks of hitting and their lineup that does not have any holes in it.
15: I'd like to ask you guys a question. Why do you think we, we lost on Monday, but on Wednesday we won? Why do you think – what make the difference there?
21: I, I, you
11: can go, Reed. I think it was just the nerves. The first game in the World Series is always crazy. Just imagine putting yourself in that spot. Coming out, they were the it were they were the home team of games, but I definitely think that they are still getting used to it. They got a young a bunch of young guys that haven't been in the World Series yet, and coming in coming in and uh, doing what they need to do was hard in the first game. But I think they have it going now. I
8: think they're doing it.
21: Partly, I think it's on the pitcher side. Uh, uh, Jose Uriquidi did very good uh, the second game, and then the first game, uh, our pitchers weren't like uh, do not doing their best. Yeah, I'm definitely. But um, pitchers, that's a big role.
11: That's a big role. Letting them score is a big letdown, and I can lead to. Um, that can lead to not being as fired up and not being able to score many runs. Um, I think that will do it for the end of our podcast this week episode. Uh, Thank you for listening and make sure to come back next week. Once again, signing off, these are your hosts. I'm Reed Flowers.
4: I'm
11: Jackson McPhail. I'm William and Raphael. Okay, and, and, Raphael,
15: and Raphael. Thank you for
21: listening. And Raphael. Thank you for listening. See you
15: on the next podcast.
2: All right. That's our show. See you next week for another episode of One Hour Schoolwide.